Hi, I'm John Niehaus, Director of Program Development for the National Association of Flight Instructors. I'd like to welcome you back to another episode of the NAFI More Right Rider podcast, the podcast for flight instructors on the go. And today I'm really excited because I have the authors of a brand new column for NAFI Mentor Magazine, and the column's called The Right Seat. Now, if you're not familiar, it is in our January-February edition, so it should be arriving on your doorsteps as this comes out if it hasn't already. And remember, if you're not getting it, you can also find it in the archive on the NAFI uh, members-only page. But I'd like to welcome the, the three authors of this uh, column, Dana McElwain, Jen Watson, and Josh Watson. So uh, I'm going to make introductions in just a second, but uh, to the three of you, first and foremost, welcome to the podcast. And of course, uh, thanks for putting this article together. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, so a little bit of background, and I don't want to spoil too much because I'm going to make them tell me a little bit about themselves. But uh, Dana has been uh, a prior CFI. She was a CFI for seven years. Uh, that also includes a double I and an MEI. Um, and she's currently an aviation safety inspector in the Sacramento FISDO. So uh, once again, Dana, welcome. Thank you. And uh, Jen and Josh are a pair. Um, they are husband and wife. So welcome, the two of you. Um, Jen is a CFI, I, and MEI. She was a CFI for uh, 12 years, former airline pilot, and co-owner of a flight school called Aerodynamic. Um, and uh, Josh is uh, he started flying or started in aviation with uh, the Civil Air Patrol. He's the other co-owner of Aerodynamic Flight School. Um, he's a mechanic and uh, an IA, A&P for that matter. And uh, I asked him to tell me something exciting that's going on right now. And he is uh, currently designing aircraft to race at Reno. Um, so that's a super exciting thing. I'll make him tell us about a little bit later. So uh, I also asked all three of them to kind of give me just a, a quick basic tagline or summary for what uh, we're about to talk about. And they said, it's basically Dear Abby for pilots, which uh, I'm I'm really intrigued about because I haven't read the article yet myself. So I've heard a lot about it, um, but uh, I'm excited to learn more. So um, the three of you, I'm so excited to, uh, to have you. And Dana, let's start with you. Tell us a little bit more about uh, who you are and, and how this whole thing came to be. Well, I, um, like you mentioned, I'm currently a safety inspector for the FAA. Before that, I uh, worked at a few 141 schools as a flight instructor. Um, thought I was going to fly for the Air Force, but didn't end up doing that. So went the instructor route instead. And I met Jen um, through the FAA, actually, renewing her CFI. And we just started chatting about flight training and different things that need to, um, that we want to improve on. And eventually came down to wanting to um, help mentor flight instructors all over the nation and wanted to do this column. So we're really excited about it. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Jen, you're next. Tell me a little bit more about you. Uh, yeah. So I, um, as you said, I previously flew for the airlines. I uh, went through a 141 school to get there. Uh, ended up at the in the right seat of a jet with 302 hours, um, which you could wow. do back then. And uh, so I saw a lot of good things and I saw a lot of things that I would improve upon. And so when I started my own school, I, um, you know, I took a lot of that information with me. And like Dana said, I was uh, renewing my CFI because I got my second NAFI master instructor. Um, and I was renewing it through the FISDO, um, which is nice. the first time I've done that and made a wonderful friend out of it. 
Um, and Dana and I just chatted a lot. I invited her to attend one of our instructor meetings. Um, and so she got to sit in and kind of see how we do things, um, showed her our syllabus and our stage checks, and she had a lot of good feedback. And, you know, as conversation flows over time, we talked about the many um, things we read on social media and pieces of very bad advice at times, uh, and some good advice too, um, and started discussing, you know, how how do you give people a good resource where they know where the information is coming from? And one of the things I always tell the instructors and students is, you know, don't tell me the answer, show me where you got the answer. And so we talked a lot about backing up your data uh, and your answers with data. Oh, well, this is uh, the story about the master CFI bringing you together. I like that. Uh, I yeah. like that a lot. Um, and finally, Josh, tell us a little a little bit more about you as well. Yeah, just full full time aircraft mechanic. Uh, you know, we we run a shop. We do all our own aircraft, and then we do a few select outside aircraft, just things that are interesting. Um, it was really gave me an opportunity to get from start to finish, you know, heavy and light maintenance into a GA aircraft. Uh, one of the reasons that uh, I was interested in, in in joining on and doing this with the with these guys is uh, that I see a lot on social media, as we all do, you know, good and bad advice. But how do you weed through it all? And if you have a genuine question, how can you approach somebody and know that you're going to get good advice or a good answer from them? Mm -hmm. And so by by having a more formal uh, organization kind of like this, we can we can give people that want real good quality advice or answers, uh, you know, that resource. I think that's great. Yeah. I mean, I, I can tell you at least from, from my own history, but also interacting with other instructors, it's always nice to have somebody with a maintenance background because so many of us instructors don't really understand systems. You know, we, we know the basics enough to get, get through the day, but beyond that, it's just hard. So I, I love having the ability to, uh, um, you know, ask those kinds of questions to somebody who actually knows what they're talking about. Certainly. It can so, be intimidating too, as a pilot trying to talk with a maintainer about issues. Cause it's kind of like when you go into the car when you're taking your car in and you're saying it makes this noise and then you have to mimic that noise so it's nice to have somebody that you can approach and talk to and ask those questions and not feel like you're gonna embarrass yourself <laughs> well coming from somebody who has embarrassed themselves i i absolutely <laughs> agree there have been plenty of times where it's like this thing won't turn on and it's like talking to somebody who you know specializes in computers and they're like well is the switch on to turn it on <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> he deals with a lot of that. Yes. <laughs> he pushed the intercom button on. <laughs> right. Which is a great confidence builder for your student when the instructor's like, oops, I yeah. forgot. <laughs> so the way Beth, uh, our editor of Naffy magazine or mentor magazine, um, the way Beth brought this up to me was kind of that uh, the three of you have your bases covered here. You know, we've we've got flight school owners, we've got master instructors, we have uh, the FAA perspective, we've got the maintenance perspective. Um, and, you know, she was super excited about getting this all together. Now, tell me a little bit more about Dear Abby for Pilots. What, what do we... What do we mean by that? I think um, one thing that Jen and I agreed on really early on when we started chatting about flight training is the need for a flight instructor to have a mentor. 
and how hard it is to find that, especially earning your ratings one day and the next day you may get a student and you really don't know what you're doing yet. So it's hard um, maybe to find somebody that you can go reliably ask questions. If you have that source, it's amazing and you can count on that person to give you good advice. But if you don't, then you're kind of lost in the wind. And I think um, this was kind of our way of putting that mentorship out to a lot of people with a bigger hand kind of nationwide where they can come confidently ask questions and get advice from us. And then we also mentioned with Beth that we have a lot of resources outside of the three of us. So we, um, I know Jen's got a lot of controller friends. I've got friends that are in the medical field um, that can help with all sorts of different questions that the pilots and CFIs might come up with. So guest contributors along with the three of you. Yes. Ooh. Oh, absolutely. You know, there's no 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 group of three people are going to know everything, but it's it's so much more than that. It's about having the resources. Mm -hmm. And so, you, you know, instead of just writing answers down, going out, researching, being able to get quality information mm -hmm. assembled and then brought back to the person asking the question in an organized manner adds an incredible amount of value. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it's a value add to people that even don't have questions. Maybe they don't know that they don't that maybe they don't know they don't know something, but just by reading the column and, and seeing the questions and the answers mm -hmm. can be a value add to people that aren't even uh, you know submitting questions. So what kind of questions are you guys looking for? Anything they can throw at us. Yes. Um, is the, the broad answer. Um, but, you know, we've, we've uh, talked a lot about, we have one that'll be in the column that just came out about, um, instrument currency for the instructor when you're shooting approaches with your students. Um, and so we answered that one in the um, the initial column. Uh, anything from, you know, what would you wish you could ask your mechanic? Because I've worked at plenty of flight schools or trained out of them where the hangar doors are closed. The mechanic doesn't talk to you. They don't teach you about log books. Um, our big thing, you know, we tried to write all those wrongs. And for us, our maintenance shop is a living classroom, we call it. And go back there. Let's show you what everything looks like, how log books, you know, how to go through them and make sure it's airworthy. Uh, so even advice such as, you know, my maintenance shop won't let me look at log books or go see stuff. Is that is that something I should be concerned about? Um, is it, you know, the most recent one I saw was, what do you do if a student shows up late? Um, and how do you bill for that? Uh, so anything from advice to very specific, detailed knowledge, like how do you log instrument currency as the, as the CFII? How do you teach a landing? I've seen that so many times on social media and with so many different answers or um, even um, some things I've seen on social media is from a student perspective when an instructor is doing something or what do you what do I do when my student does insert anything really? How do I handle this? How do I tackle this? Or my students just not getting it? Mm -hmm. Lots of different things we can tackle. Oh, I like that. I like that. So it's not just instructional knowledge. It's mm -hmm. Sometimes interpersonal um, issues, sometimes, um, you know, lots of different things. I, I like that. You don't see that happen very often. A lot of times CFIs can answer, you know, questions, but it kind of ends with the book knowledge. So uh, knowing that you're willing to cover that, I think that that's exciting. That's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. So my other question, one of the things you guys mentioned was that there's a lot of bad advice out there in the ether 
Will you be picking out things to sort of debunk as well? Yes. I like it. Yeah, especially like Dana and I've run across, we'll send each other a picture of some, you know, question that gets asked and the, you know, 300 comments, uh, anything from calling the person an idiot to um, giving them really awful advice uh, to sometimes people have a really great answer too. And, and it's how do you weed through all that is, is the big thing. Um, so if we see any of those really stellar things to, that might be a very hot topic, um, those would be interesting things to, to bring out as well and, and make it more of a discussion wow. where all three of us are kind of giving our input rather than answering as a collective too. Okay. So what happens if you guys disagree? It'll be, it'll show in the article. So it's not, <laughs> we're not writing, um, we're not writing one article where one person's typing and we're all kind of giving our voice in there. The article, all three of us will be submitting answers and then it'll be edited together. Um, when you read the article, you'll see how it's kind of edited where you can see each one of our voices kind of coming through and answering mm -hmm. and um, explaining things in different fashion so i think it's gonna it's kind of a fun read it's almost like reading a, a playwright when you're reading through it it's kind of fun yeah so if i'm a uh, nafi member and i have a question you know tell me a little bit about the process of getting my question to you yeah so if you just email uh i think it's uh right seat at nafi.org um, we get those questions uh come straight to us so then the three of us can look at it. If it's, you know, more focused in Josh's arena, then he may be the one that answers. Um, or if it also includes something with like an FAA um, topic into it, uh, you know, such as an airworthiness thing, there, there's a maintenance component, but there's also a legal component. And so you might have both of them answering or maybe as a collective. So we're going to keep it fluid as to, you know, who it mostly pertains to. Maybe it's all three and it's more advice. Okay. Um, and so get three different pilot perspectives, um, or if it's something outside our wheelhouse, you know, it's a, a question that might be more geared towards an aviation attorney. We've got plenty of those that we, we work with as well, um, and who fly with us. Um, and so we can send it out to them and maybe Dana can chime in as well from all the perspectives. Um, so it, it's to, to give you more than just one angle um, unless it truly is a pretty black and white question. Okay. And if they uh, they email uh, right seat at nafinet.org, um, will they get a response back or do they have to wait until the magazine comes out to find out? Magazine. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> yep. Baited breath. <laughs> so. And will this article be in every edition? What's your what's your schedule like for uh, for how often these are coming out? I think right now that's kind of the plan is trying to get it out every issue unless um, we don't have obviously we don't have any content and then okay. nothing will come out. But the plan is to try to get something out every issue. Excellent. Yeah, we're hoping to get a lot of user input. Um, but you know, if we come up a little short on user input, then then we can always go to the the famous Facebook and pull up some real controversial topics and, and, and maybe add some content for that. Yeah. It's funny. I think I've seen some on the, uh, the Naffy Facebook page recently. So I'm, I'm fairly certain that you won't have trouble finding any of that. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't take long. So in terms of, uh, in terms of dream questions, are, is there anything you're sort of hoping to tackle with these? Any, 
any specific items that you really want to uh, to to have somebody ask you? Uh, so on a daily basis, I mentor over 30 instructors uh, and they text, call, email all hours, all days of the week. Um, and I get some really great questions. Uh, and some of the ones that I love the most um, are, you know, that you take a fairly new instructor and some of my instructors have been there 15 years, but you take a fairly new instructor and like, hey, my student's doing this. How do I handle that? What do I, at what point do I, I can't fly with you anymore? At what point do I try enough for an instructor? At what point do, you know, am, is it me? You know, so there's, there's so much um, interpersonal relationship. And I, I often tell my instructors, you kind of have to be a psychologist in this job because you really are trying to figure out how to relate to somebody, how to get them to open up and be willing to learn. Um, and so questions about, you know, dealing with students or dealing with student issues or, you know, how to, how do I talk to my student who's, who's doing this? Um, I, you know, I've seen a lot and the instructors all come to me for advice. Hey, my student throws up every time we try to learn how to land. Um, I, just some random stuff. Um, and you can tell in the beginning, they're, they're very timid about asking. Um, because like, you know, like most of us, we're embarrassed by what we don't know. And yet to me, it's like, well, of course you don't, you've never seen this before. Why would you be timid about asking? That's what I'm here for. Um, and so to get people to open up and just ask those things, um, that really takes a lot of experience and a lot of getting to see the, the things I get to see because of 30 instructors or more than 30 instructors, um, just that, that dichotomy of experience. Um, dealing with a, a bunch of different people. And so I'm happy to share um, that kind of, you know, the the wacky students and the challenging students and the ones that finally succeed. And it's, you know, just the best feeling in the world. I like that. Yeah. So as we uh, start to wind down here a little bit, um, just to kind of pull a little bit more information about you guys out of here, um, Jen and Josh, I, as owners of a flight school, um, what really gets you energized? What, what, uh, what really got you excited about, uh, getting into the flight school and, and what gets you up in the morning? It's the, uh, the that ability to make constant improvements. Yeah. You know, one of the things we try and do, you know, you get up, you get up every morning, you, you go into work and you try and make one thing better than it was when you got there. Mm-hmm. And if you can do that, or you know, maybe you can do a hundred things better. But if you can make that constant improvement, and you can see that, uh, you you know, we we took we took a lot of uh, we took on a lot of challenges when we bought the flight school, and one of the things we've been able to do is is look back on where we were and see how far we've come, and the responses from the the students and the responses from the employees, and and it's uh, that keeps 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 me going every day. Jen, how about you? Um, so some of my biggest motivations are coming from the airlines. I flew for Mesa for four years, um, and was one of the few pilots that left and stayed out of the airlines. Uh, and the biggest reasons were, you know, my, I had, I have children and I didn't want to be gone a lot. Um, but I took what I didn't like about uh, a lot of the flying jobs, the lack of control over your schedule, um, the inflexibility, you're really kind of on call, whether you're corporate or airline. Um, and to me, to be able to take all of that and make our school 
the opposite. Um, we have completely flexible schedules. Instructor build their own schedule. They want to take two weeks off, three weeks off. It doesn't matter. That's totally up to them. And and to be able to control um, and give people those those different ways of having a flying job that's not so uh, burdensome that, that I think deters a lot of pilots, especially women pilots um, who don't want to be gone all the time. Uh, it's nice to have the ability to make that change. Dana, same question. As a, a uh, aviation safety inspector, what uh, um, what's your favorite part about the job? What uh, what gets you excited to uh, to affect aviation safety positively? So I um I I have more of a passion for flight training. I I mean aviation safety is so important and being able to um, have an impact and I'm learning so much at this job as a general aviation aviation safety inspector we cover everything from all of the parts besides 121 basically so I'm learning so many things um, but working for the FAA I'm hoping will give me the avenue to um, be able to make changes I've got um, degrees in uh, flight education and I'm really hoping in the future to be able to um, have a big impact on the industry as a whole in the flight training community. So hoping with the FAA, I can have a hand in that. Now I get to work with um, flight schools a lot and helping them write their their course material and um, approving them as 141 or helping with surveillance and stuff. Um, the coolest part of my job, the first week on the job, I got to do surveillance for the Capital City Air Show. So that was my welcome to the FAA. So um, that was that was pretty awesome. Um, and then I've been able to meet so many awesome people um, doing my job too. So overall, it's been a lot of fun. That's great. That's great. Now, I cannot end this without knowing more about designing airplanes for Reno. So Josh, <laughs> give me just a quick uh, quick summary of this whole Reno adventure you're on. Sure. Yeah, we, well, uh, uh, I fly, uh, well, I race uh, Formula One airplanes at Reno. and. Uh, you, it's a stock class, so there's a lot of restrictions placed on uh, engines, uh, just to keep it all competitive. You know, we want we want all the airplanes running, running pretty tight, and we want it to be affordable and and, and approachable for people. So with with all those tight restrictions, it, you have to get pretty creative with with uh, aerodynamics and you're reducing reducing drag uh, to get an edge on somebody. So. Uh, it's been a, it's been a wild adventure. I started out as crew chief, uh, got my first aircraft, and now I just got my second aircraft that we're you know modifying to you know, constantly modifying to make faster. So we're, we're we're hoping to to do really well this year in September. How long have you been doing it? Uh, I got involved in 2018. Uh, a buddy of mine needed a crew chief to to take the airplane to China to race. Uh, we, we race at Reno, but we also race internationally. Uh, so first time I saw the airplane was in China, rolling it out of the shipping container. Uh, so that was kind of my introduction to to the maintenance side or, or the crew chief side of racing. And uh, since then, well, last year was my first year racing. You know, we, we had we, were, we had a COVID year. And then uh, and then last year I was able to get up and, and actually run the pylons up in Reno. And it was amazing to be part of that show. Wow. I'm sure that's incredible. It's like if I can throw my nerd head on for a second, that's probably like the closest you can get to Star Wars pod racing, right? Basically, yeah. I mean, my with the wing wingtip to wingtips, fifteen feet. 
uh, you're, you're, you're doing, you know, from about 200 miles an hour, 50 feet off the ground in a, in a tight closed course and in front of a, a whole crowd of people. Wow. wow. So it's, it's very exciting. There's, there's not one extra inch of airplane because every, every, every square inch of what it surfaces is more drags. So it, 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 uh, yeah, you're always right on the edge of control because <laughs> any extra is drag yeah that's incredible so uh for the listeners listening right now um just want to make sure you understand that this is open to you this is open to anyone hearing this open to anybody reading their articles if you want to submit a question to a future uh right seat column make sure you email them at right seat at naffynet.org as they've already explained, I think we've got the bases covered. And uh, if a question does come down, they'll find somebody who can answer the question. But don't be afraid to ask whatever it might be. And it doesn't have to be technical. It doesn't have to be uh, your standard CFI. How do I teach this type of question? So get creative. I'd like to see. Uh, I want to see them get stumped a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so um folks any last minute comments you want to do before we call it uh call it the day i think that mostly covers it yeah i think all that's right. great yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see some some questions come in see if we can help people all right well dana jen and josh thanks for joining us and uh, i can't wait to read your first article and uh again for those that haven't received the january february edition make sure that when you get it find the right seat.